The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1962. Well, I did it. TED Talk is done, and I learned some very valuable lessons about the process, which I'd love to share with you, and also tell you when you will get to be able to see this talk. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So following up on yesterday's episode where I talked about the fact that I was going to do a TED Talk at at least at the time of recording. Well, now I'm recording this after the day is done and the TED Talk has been delivered. And thankfully it seemed to go over well, so that's awesome news. And so I thought I would share with you a few things that I've learned throughout the process of doing this. And yes, some of this stuff is independent of Star Wars, but some of it relates to Star Wars very much so. And so um, I hope you will indulge me in this particular episode. And then later on, we'll talk about when you'll actually get to see the talk for yourself. First of all, uh, I'll talk about the importance of framing the question. So when I did this, whole application business. So the TED Talk thing is that you're nominated by someone, but you have to apply. You send in an application and then your application is reviewed along with everybody else's by the committee and then you are approved or not approved. Well, um, when I was initially filling out the application, what Lonnie, my wife and business partner, had asked me was, you know, what is Star Wars all about? And my answer was hope and family. And so we boiled that down to hope and one of the things that they recommend, or is recommended in this book, How to Deliver a TED Talk by Jeremy Donovan, is that to come up with your big idea, the idea worth spreading, which is what TED is all about, one of the good ways to do that is to you know, start with a question and your big idea is the answer to the question. So for me, the way I had framed it in my application was how do we deal with cycles of negativity repeating themselves in our personal, professional, and global lives? And the answer, as I proposed it at the time, this is back in, uh, gosh, I'll say April of this year, um, was my idea worth spreading is to treat the notion of hope as an active, not passive means for effecting change using the lessons of Star Wars as a guide. So that is where things began. And I will say that probably the second thing I would say I've learned is to trust the process, although the process is going to look different for different people. So I got to meet, of course, all of the other speakers. And what I learned from the process is that they actually ask you the script, the whole thing. Like, you don't get to do this by the seat of your pants. You have to script out your talk word for word. And so they give you a lot of time to do this. And because of the fact that I do what I do for a living, I apparently had a bit of a leash. <laughs> <laughs> and it might have been longer than other folks's. So that was 
you know, uh, relief, but multiple drafts were definitely required for the process to really hone in, not just on the idea of the talk, but how it was going to be delivered. And it was hard. I mean, uh, you know, I, I did resist the process to some degree. And in some cases when kicking and screaming into it in all honesty, but ultimately, you know, thankfully, um, working with a, a gal named Jessica Terzakis, who was my speaker coach, you know, things ultimately turned out very well, which I'm supremely grateful for. The third thing is the timing situation. So TED Talks are supposed to be 18 minutes or less, though we were told that if we went over that there was no hook that they were going to extend out from stage left to yank us off the stage, which is nice. But what I was told is that from time to time, talks at TEDx events are brought over to the mainted.com website, which gives them tremendously greater visibility. And that for every 30 seconds beyond 18 minutes that you go, that exponentially decreases the likelihood that the main TED organization could bring your talk over to that website. So it was vitally important for me to be under 18 minutes because I definitely want the opportunity for the talk to go over if it's deemed worth it. So yeah, I had um, one rehearsal where the talk that I had scripted went 20 minutes and I had another two in a row where it was 15 minutes on the dot and thought that everything was going to be, you know, just fine. And when I actually got out on the stage and delivered the talk, uh, you know, they have a timer in front of you and also slides if you want them to be able to reference things, which I did not do actually. I did it completely off memory. Um, but there was a timer showing me how far in I was and right around the 15 minute mark, I realized that I was not done <laughs> and not about to be done. And so I got a little nervous on stage and I asked around and it didn't seem like anybody picked up on that, but I definitely felt myself picking up the pace and eyeing the clock and making sure that I was able to get in under the window. And I think it ultimately ended up at 17 minutes and 45 seconds. So Thankfully, something about doing a podcast for seven to 10 minutes a day may have contributed to being able to stay underneath that limit. And related to that, I think one of the fourth things was just the value of rehearsal, but not just rehearsing the talk that I had um, written for public consumption, but also to be able to be at the event. So we were at the place, the Stockbridge Theater, the day before to not just rehearse, but also just to see the building, um, look at you know the backstage areas, know where we were supposed to be, when we were supposed to be, actually be out on the stage to be able to work with the confidence monitor, the thing that's supposed to show the slides for the people that were using them, um, and then to be on the rug. So I guess most, uh, I won't hedge it and say most. I'll say most of the time when I've done presentations, I have you know free reign to roam wherever I want to, basically. And I think every time I've seen a you know, an official TED Talk, that's been the case too. But in this particular case, they had a rug that was roughly six feet in diameter and you were required to stay on the rug. There are three cameras or there were three cameras pointed at you from different angles and they were not being moved. They were stationary cameras. And so 
I had to stay on the rug. That was a difficult proposition. And I gotta tell you, I think that was you know, probably one of the reasons I was most grateful for the rehearsal time on the day before the event was to be able to get used to the notion of having to stay in this six foot radius situation and, or six foot diameter situation. I was told out of the 10 speakers that were doing their rehearsals that day, was it nine, 10, um, that I was the one who tested the limits of the rug more than most people and I'm not altogether surprised by that. And a fifth thing, and this is also related to the scripting, which is just, it was an unusual process because I'm just not used to presenting from a straight script, but the idea of working in references to the various Star Wars movies was something that was a very joyful thing, but also something that couldn't be the goal of what I was doing. And there is actually a point where I think I've said already that I referenced eight of the 10 movies that are currently out in the talk. There was a place I realized after the fact where I could have worked in something that would have given a wink and a nod to at least a ninth one, but unfortunately didn't figure it out until afterwards. But I did work in a reference to the first Expanded Universe novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, or at least something that sort of evoked the notion of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and I had a couple people come up to me after the talk and go, ah, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, I see what you did there, which was very gratifying and also opened up a couple of conversations that were very neat to have, too. Um, and I guess the sixth thing related to that is just the joy of Star Wars in general and in unexpected places. So there is a portion of the talk where I say that you could consider um, storytelling to be the Millennium Falcon of hope. And they tell you in the rehearsals that there may be places in your talk where there's laughter or, you know, other audible expressions and to be ready to pause so that way you don't you know, roll over in your speech, roll over those, um, those laugh lines, like give people a moment. I was not expecting that to be a you know laugh line or a reaction line of any kind, but there was definitely an audible <laughs> in the auditorium when I delivered that line. I was not expecting it, but it was a beautiful thing to have kind of wash over me during the talk. It was uh, a really you know, neat thing to experience that joy of Star Wars in the audience and you know palpable and you know getting the references and laughing at the references when they were you know <laughs> appearing in the talk itself. So, you know, but that one was one I wasn't even expecting to come up. And I think the seventh thing overall, uh, the stuff that I learned by doing this is just how the, you know, the pervasiveness of Star Wars is, even among people who haven't seen it. So I mention in the talk the story that Chris Taylor tells in How Star Wars Conquered the Universe about them partnering with LucasFilmAndChange.org to find people who have never seen Star Wars and invite them to a screening that they could only find 30 people who hadn't seen it. And so I had a number of people come up to me and say, uh, you know, I'm 31 and I'm 32. <laughs> or, oh, I must have been one of those 30 or something like that. Uh, but still tell me that they enjoyed the talk and that they, you know, understood what I was saying and that they were still able to even relate to some of the things that I was talking about that were Star Wars specific in the talk because of the fact that it is so culturally pervasive. And that was 
really amazing and gratifying too. So ultimately, it was a wonderful experience and you know, I could continue talking about it, but I'm going to spare you at least until the talk actually comes out when we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. But when's it coming out? Well, I'll share that with you in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So from what I've been told, there are three different production companies that are being tapped to look at the footage from this TEDx event and create the final videos for the, uh, for the website and to go onto YouTube and to whatnot. They have three different camera angles and then for the people who are using slides for their presentations, that essentially is a fourth camera angle. And so they're editing three or four different camera angles and therefore uh, anywhere from you know, an hour of footage to up to, there were a couple of people who went a little bit long, um, <laughs> to, you know, as much as 80 or 90 minutes of footage, uh, editing it down into a coherent 15, 20 minute video or something like that. So I've been told not to expect it until February, although it could be earlier. So we'll see. Um, but when it comes out, I will talk to you about the release of the video and we'll talk about some of the things that I say in the video because it's a little deeper and more personal than I expected it to be and you know it is what it is so we'll talk about it when it comes out but for now that's going to do it for this episode of the show and talking about Ted at least for a little while um, but thank you so much for joining me for it thank you again for supporting me and getting me to the point where I could be nominated and accepted to deliver a TED talk it's a beautiful honor. I'm very grateful to you for that too. And may the force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.